Welcome, dear listeners, to Vermont Stretch Radio, broadcast to you live from the mountains of Earth Gimmel. We're the news show that brings you the news you need to stay up to date and alive in our new world. And today, we are decidedly not going to talk about Breakthrough and their recent appearance on television. While initial plans for today's broadcast were to dig through the entire interview piece by piece, digging out all the good bits and the little bits and the nitty-gritty implications and the subtle back and forth of their conversations with one another, I found my attempts to do so boring. Yes, there actually was a rehearsal on that one, and yes, it was boring. Incredibly, incredibly boring. Bland, requiring me to repeat myself over and over again without saying anything new at all. Just sentences and paragraphs that ran on for what felt like hours. So I tossed the entire script aside, all the little jokes about how to pronounce about how to say the name of Gary Naive of Gary, all of the little jokes that I may have planned, actually, that might have come across as a little insensitive, actually, with um, what we learned about some of Breakthrough's members on the recent broadcast. So we have put together a rather nicer script. We're just going to cover the actual important revelations in our recent news, or, well, you already know everything that Breakthrough said, so why even talk about it at all? No, I will not be talking about how Gary Knees took time out of his busy, busy schedule of failing to safely secure housing for the tens of thousands of human beings that were put under his control during his role as manager for the evacuation efforts of Earthbait, just so he could publicly attack a teenage girl and take out some of the frustrations from his failed bid at mayoral candidacy. No, I will not be talking about Damsel of Distress appearing in the news once again, despite my long-standing admiration for the teen villainess and her attempts to overcome her homicidal urges, homicidal programming, and long, long career of murders both accidental and deliberate. No, I will not be talking about how much of a bag of lies, or at least a bag of lies by omission, that we were all fed on live TV. Instead, we'll be covering the news. The real news. Important news. News like the poisonous mutants murdering people on Earthbait, or the self-replicating robots murdering people on Earthbait, or the rampaging gangs of supervillains going around murdering people on Earthbait. Earthbait is just... Really, really sounding nice this time of year, listeners. At least it'd be a way for me to get away from all the endless, endless talk about Team Breakthrough this and the truth about Gold Morning that. You know, I I might have been excited for this for a while, but now that it's here, I'm just sick of it already. People endlessly talking about, oh, so they're all aliens then, or wait, does, does this mean the triumvirate lied to us? Yes, 
Yes, they did. Yes, they were. And why on earth, Gimmel and its associated parallels, does it take a shitty show like Hardboil for people like you to actually listen when someone tells them that? So we will be ignoring all of that completely and actually reading you the news because you all already know what those idiot teen heroes decided to blurt out on live TV and how doing so is the bravest, bravest thing they can do. And it is. That team coming forward has opened up a discourse about things that people were afraid of talking about. Two years of capes in therapy for what happened on Gold Morning and how they were stolen from their happy endings and their quiet hiding with loved ones and forced to fight and die. People who were content with the world ending. People who wanted nothing more than to comfort each other in their last moments and were instead stolen away from that. I am glad that Breakthrough talked about this. I am glad that we are now in a world where we can say that there is a boogeyman. But we still live in a world where we won't say why there was a boogeyman. We still live in a world where we won't say why the triumvirate lied to us. And I hope, I very much hope, listeners, that we can all get to that point. So good luck, Breakthrough. Good luck, Luxie and Antares and Capricorn. We didn't mention them earlier, but they were at the interview as well, and really they were well-dressed, I suppose. They had the manners for TV. And good luck especially to Swan Song. It takes a lot to decide to change, and it takes a lot more to make that change work. Right. So, ignoring all of that mess of that broadcast, we are moving on to today's news. In judicial news, we have news of an error in the trial of trial following their recent arrest by Team Breakthrough, of all people, that saw trial arguing that their sentencing was unjust and disproportionate, seeing them receive a tougher sentence for their crimes than an unpowered individual who committed the same crimes would have received which is, in my opinion, a bit of a ridiculous sentiment because, of course, an unpowered individual would surely be unable to commit crimes such as assault with a parahuman ability or theft with a parahuman ability or mass destruction of public transportation systems with a parahuman ability. Still, at the very least, the trial of trial went better than the trial of their partner in crime, Error. Our condolences, of course, to the families of the jury members. We hope that they recover soon. In fashion news, rouge capes are on the rise. That's not rogue capes, those that use their powers to damage the, frangle, the fragile stranglehold held by the sole knife manufacturer of Earth Gimmel. That would be rouge capes, those that have decided to don once more the bright and vibrant reds of the protectorate heroes of old. I used to know one or two capes that wore crimson, and I can confirm that it's a bit of a good look. Keep an eye out for capes wearing carmine, crimson, or maroon. In the music charts this week, we have Kinda Funny, Kinda Sad in the top slot. That was written by... Uh, it's an oldie, but a goodie, actually, from another universe's version of Tears for Fears that managed actually to endure to the modern day, still producing music. 
the best way I can describe it is if you think Mad World, if it was instead a sort of feel-good 80s pop song with a few hints of madness in the shrewd use of trumpets that brings kinda funny, kinda sad to the end of its chorus. Coming in at number two and number three are those same damn songs from Bad Canary and Alexandria the Musical that have been playing non-stop for what feels like a year now. Who cares? Number four is more my speed, though. Black Kazi's Sword by Viking Funeral. Gorn Metal. I urge you to check out the music video on this one. Gloriously violent and decadent in its presentation of the, well, of the Butcher of Kyushu, I believe, was one of the nicknames at the time. I think it sounded more impressive in the original Japanese. Oh well. Uh, number five, of course, on the list is just some meaningless and soulless pop released by Mr. Buckner's soulless media conglomerate. Ignore it like you would Mr. Buckner's bid for mayoral candidacy. Now, recent rumours of goddess appearances are seeing an increased panic among the few people who actually realise the significance of our goddess visiting the parahuman prisons without already having succumbed to her charms. Uh, the that's the people who realize the significance of goddess visiting the parahuman prisons that would have succumbed to her charms, not the people in the parahuman prisons that would have succumbed to her charms, if that makes it any clearer. Now, honestly, I think trying to actually make a fuss about all this is a complete and utter mistake. Goddess is going to take over all of the worlds anyway by bother trying to stop her, and it'll all be so much easier once we're under her rule. In any case, keep an ear out for the eventual mass prison break that will most likely see the capes that we thought were dangerous enough to warrant prioritising over, say, actually building any housing, or rebuilding our civilization, or rebuilding our government. Uh, they'll most likely be rising up to kill whatever we call those people that serve as guards there any day soon. They aren't the PRT, they aren't the patrol group, and they do have a name, but damned if I haven't the foggiest idea who these trigger-happy military rejects are meant to be, and why they decided to lock up power-granting and power-copying Trumps, who are completely harmless on their own, with a literal army of supervillains that they could potentially bolster. Moving on from there, the survival of one half of the legendary team of Tobias and Boone that brought us the iconic game Mortal Kombat, that's combat with a K for anyone from an Earth where they didn't have a game like that. The survival of John Boone has led to rumours that the series, known for its violent content and the rather cartoonish ability of its characters to endure having their eyes poked out or their kidneys ripped out and then just walk it off, might actually be continued. Unfortunately, though, there is a small matter of the series' ownership which is a little complicated now due to the resources and industries that contributed to its creation having been bought in piecemeal by utterly unrelated corporate groups, some of which have their headquarters on worlds other than our own. In addition, we are actually in talks with multiple worlds that each have their own version of the series, and it is apparent, perhaps, that copyright might be such that should a future game actually 
deal with settings or events that had been covered in a past game in an alternate universe's version of the series, there might actually be a case for a lawsuit there, which leads to a rather odd case where Tobias Boone might be sued by John Boone, might be sued by Ed Tobias, depending on which reality we are interacting with. This entire sort of mess is wholly emblematic of a much wider issue of the ownership of names and of branding, and this is an issue that has seen capes like Unicorn tragically rebranded into much stupider things like Mononocorus, and one that has also seen corporate executives trying to be mean about the naming situation disemb everythinged Not disemboweled or disembodied or beheaded, disemb everythinged as was the case with the man who suggested former corporate Cape Diomedes rebrand herself, which she did as Splatterhorse, which she signed his office in using the bits of him that had uh, been left over. On that note, listeners, actually be advised that Splatterhorse has escaped patrol group slash junior PRT slash kids with guns custody, and that Splatterhorse is now at large once more. Splatterhorse being capable of rendering human bodies into a sort of broth or chowder with as little as a single touch. They can be identified, of course, by their horse mask. That is a plastic horse mask, though, not to be confused with the taxidermied horse's head worn by Mather's family fallen cape, Seer. That's Seer with an S-E-I-R, not to be confused with former Brockton Bay cape, S-E-R-E, Seer, or potentially any cape with presumably fire-related powers out there called Seer, S-E-A-R. There's probably bound to be someone named Seer out there, or if not, I would suggest getting that name for yourself, as it seems to be a pretty good one. Well, I hope and you I hope that you were able to follow all of that, listeners, as that sort of legal mumbo-jumbo is a little hard to follow. Good. Right. That should be everything. Good night, Killington. I hope you were able to get all the information you needed about uh, Breakthrough's recent reveal through lesser news stories. It is a pleasure to have you all tuning in, and it is a pleasure to be on the air. So that is me signing out. We'll just be turning off the radio for today. Thank you. This was a fan production for the community content section of Parahuman Audio. Worm, Ward, and the Parahuman series are all owned and written by J.C. McRae alias Wildbow, and can be found at parahumans.wordpress.com in Worm's case, or parahumans.net in the case of Ward. Thanking Rain for hosting us on the parahumanaudio.com site, home of the Ward Audiobook Project, or as I like to call it, the Wardiobook Project, which I strongly recommend you check out if you haven't already. A thank you to Kittius, who beta reads our scripts and gives them a look over before I'm reading them alive on the air. 
And finally, a shout out to Glass Girl CC for a couple of words of encouragement. If you are hearing this, then surprise! I threw a shout out to you in the broadcast. Uh, that's if you read up to this point, I suppose. Right? Thank you all for tuning in, listeners, and thank you very much. And if you have any words of encouragement, any letters, or potentially any in-universe letters, if you were to send in fan mail from, say, a concerned listener from the Vermont stretch, then I would be obligated to read it on the next episode I can and give it a bit of a shout-out and sort of play along with the joke inherent in that. I, I, find it sort of, I find it ever so fun to just sort of role-play along with that, and it's part of what makes recording Vermont Stretch Radio so much fun. Right, that'll be the end of today's episode and the end of today's broadcast. Thank you very much, listeners, and good night. <laughs>